Welcome to the Recovery Lab Podcast. My name is Daniel Anderson. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have a special guest today. Um, his name is Mark, and help me with the pronunciation of the last name. Lud- Ludholm? Lundholm. Lundholm. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, Mark has been doing some incredible things, and we're just going to jump right into it today. Uh, Drew had to take care of some... Uh, some business and um so we're just we're gonna knock this out of the park today um you have uh, been in and around the um the recovery community for years so let's um i'm just gonna take a step back and why don't you tell us what it was like what happened and what it's like now how you and got got involved with with uh comedy and um i'll i'll pick your brain as we go but uh let's let's get rocking and rolling how, how long is this podcast? Six, seven hours? Is that what it is? No, no. I, we actually were going to go nine hours today, but you said that you could only oh. go six today. So we're going to go All six. Right. You know, I'm glad you said that because <laughs> I have two stand-ins that I pay <laughs> on a on a retainer to, to do stuff for me. They look, they're younger than me. They look better, but they're, they're not as funny. Um, I, I, listen, the, the, the story I have is uh, like everybody else who's ever traded time, tools, talent, trust for a bag or a bottle or a behavior that doesn't work anymore. Right. It, it's as simple as that. Uh, there's a lot of highlights and lowlights and details and intricacies and, and little peccadillos that I have that maybe some other people don't have. But if you speak from the heart, uh, anybody in recovery, the heart understands what the heart says. Right. If, if you see one, you be one kind of thing. So here's here's the story. Uh, I, I drank, did dope, and had behaviors that were addictive because they felt awesome. Mm-hmm. And then the bar was lowered. I, I did those things because they felt great. Right. And then I continued to do them because they felt good. And then I continued to do them because they felt better than when not doing them. And then I continued to do those. See, I'm not in the picture anymore. I, I, I continued to do them because it? they felt normal. Right. Right. We went from awesome to now we're at normal and it's only been, you know, a year or two. Exactly. I continued to do those things and the bar is way lower than the picture now because they made me feel numb. And then I continued to do the behavior or the bag or the bottle. I'm addicted to affected by distracted with uh, until it made me feel nothing. And then I became nothing. And I continued to do those three things anyway, the bag, the bottle, or the behavior, the three B's we call them in my house. Right. Um, I, I continued to do those things until uh, it was bottom after bottom after bottom after bottom. And pretty soon bottom hit me. Uh, um, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Everything I have now. What was it? What was your bottom like? Tell us about your bottom. What was the uh, final bottom? I'm sure if you're like anything like me, you had multiple bottoms that got progressively worse as they went along. But what was the final, what was the final straw on the camel's back that really brought you to your knees? The last day out there for me, um, uh, wondering and guessing and trying to uh, have my plan was October 19th, 1988. Uh, I put a gun in my mouth and pulled a trigger. I weighed about 122 pounds. Uh, I was at a $6 an hour motel room. Uh, in a place called Hayward, California. It's in Northern California. Uh, they rented rooms by the hour or by the half hour. Yeah, they did. Uh, and, and I put the gun in my mouth, pulled the trigger, and the gun jammed. Wow. And, and I thought, Jeez, man, man, I suck at everything. <laughs> so, so, so that was it. And, and that <laughs> night, 
Uh, that was late, late, late at night. That night, I, I was at uh, a 12-step meeting I'd heard about from before. Right. And I wa- went in there, and it was a candlelight meeting, oh, which I was glad about because the lights weren't bright. And I could sit there and, and, and snot and cry and ooze fluids uh, for <laughs> an hour uh, because I was a street guy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I had broken into that motel room. I didn't have six cents, let alone six bucks. But I sat through that meeting. And after that, somebody gave me money to put on a put me on a bus to go to Oakland. I was born and raised in Oakland, okay. California. And I, I, I went to the hospital in Oakland. It was a psych ward that had a drug and alcohol unit. So that was it. Uh, my clean date, uh, sobriety date, in remission date. Uh, 12-step people are a little particular about their language. <laughs> yeah. It always makes me laugh. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, shoot, we'll shoot dope with toilet water with strangers, but then we want to tell them how to talk. Right, right, right. Uh, but uh, October 20th, 1988, so years and years and years ago, wow. bottom hit me. Right. Uh, I didn't see it coming. I wasn't welcoming it, but I knew I just didn't have any other kind. I was out of plan. Right. So the best I could do ever in hindsight, you know, you, you talk about what it was like, what happened, what it's like now. Um, uh, in some circles that we're familiar with, they call it experience, strength, and hope. Right. And, experience strength and hope if you're if you're a newcomer or an old timer or an in-betweener you know that experience strength and hope stands for basically uh what we did what we changed you can too that's all it means what we did what we changed you can too yeah. uh so i i got to a a a stage where i had no more i didn't have 60 more seconds of a plan and suicide on layaway, which is the best I could do with my plan, <laughs> yeah. became suicide right now, right away. Right. And that was it. So uh, 30 plus years ago, uh, that was that. And and now everything I have that I value or love or care about or, or protect is a direct result of being a drunk addict, uh, street guy, uh, criminal, um, less than you, but better than you kind of mentality. Right. So comedy is the, is the way out for me. That was the way out for me. I started doing comedy very early in my recovery, which I wouldn't recommend to anybody. Yes, man. It's incredibly hard, bro. Like we well, went to the, we went to the comedy cellar and let me just tell you the most incredible experience I've ever experienced in my life. Just people there laughing, someone on stage, just putting it all out there. It is hard. And for you to do that in early sobriety just blows my freaking mind. How did you not, how did you not go and get messed up after, you know, bombing one night or whatever? You know, that's what, <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's uh, listen, I, 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 ate, I ate piles of it yeah, yeah, yeah. many times early on. Uh, because I didn't know what I was doing. Sure. And typical Mark Lundholm is I don't ask people for help. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've learned since that the best seven words you can learn how to say, at least in English, right? I speak 90 languages, but in English, <laughs> I said 90. That's right. 90. But I speak English and in English, the seven greatest words I've ever learned are, I don't know. Can you help me? Yeah. I don't know. Can you help me? Goes from, Geez, in the day we thought, I don't know, means I'm stupid. Can you help me? Means I'm weak, stupid and exactly, weak. I'm not telling exactly, you that. Exactly. These days, I know whether you're a newcomer, old timer, in betweener, uh, uh, it's better to be a newcomer than a no comer, by the way, if you listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the no comers are all dead. We buried them. Right. 
and we continue to bury the no-comers. The newcomers have a, another way to a better day. And it's not the one you planned. But if your plan was working, you'd never met us. You right. know, so so uh, I don't know. Can you help me became the mantra of I'm going to ask for help because I don't know. Can you help me? Doesn't mean stupid and weak anymore. Right. I don't know means I'm teachable. Can you help me means I'm willing. So teachable and willing. That guy stays sober. That comic thrives. Uh, that guy gets work. I, I've, I've got more work uh, than I know what to do with. I turn down more work every year than most comics get asked to do because I have right. a special niche. Right. You know, I did the clubs and the improv and, and TV and Showtime and uh, uh, all kinds of public stuff. I, I still do fundraiser, friendraiser, TV, um, um, YouTube, Instagram, all that public, you know, social media. You know, all the media stuff, right, you know, right, right. Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, <laughs> you know, all those, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but I love the work I get to do with the inmates, the soldiers, the astronauts, the kids. Uh, uh, families caught in a crossfire. I do about 800 hours a year of clinical comical group oh, wow. where we talk about relapse prevention or trauma survivor stuff or the skills we got from the thrills we didn't get. Right. You know, it's all wording that I've written, put together in a package that I'll go into a treatment center and I'll do six hours with their patients or, or their residential or their IOP or PHP population. And not because I'm smart. It's not because I'm uh, a special per se. I'm not discounting what I do. Right. But because of the humor, they will tell me things they've never told another human being on the first day they met me. They'll tell me stuff they won't tell their parents or their priests. Because if we can laugh about it, we can talk about it. Right. And humor has a way of raising trust and truth and lowering shame in the same fucking joke. Yeah. So it's hard in the beginning though, man, uh, I, I, you know, I, I hope they laugh or, uh, I, I want to make sure they understand the joke. I wasn't writing from my point of view. I was writing from everybody else's, but that's cause I'm a codependent kid. <laughs> yeah. You know, I hope they get it. I hope, I hope it's explained well enough. I got to make it palatable for them. So it doesn't go past them. Uh, now I write from my point of view, which is, uh, there's a, there's a secret in comedy. That's not a secret. Every comedian you've ever heard about who's worth a, uh, a, a damn has a very specific point of view. If I give you three words, you can tell me what comic uh, I'm thinking of. You ready? Uh, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'll give it a shot. You ready? Yeah. All yeah. right. Clean, quirky lesbian. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres? Absolutely the fact. <laughs> Everything she does... <laughs> is from a point of view that is that person. Now I'm right. not talking about the, the rainbow point of view so far so much, but not afraid of it, not, not right. uh, unwilling to talk about it and absolutely part of who she is. Right. Right. For years, she wouldn't do that. Right. You know, she was actually in a movie called Mr. Wrong. She was going to be an actress. Do you remember that? No, I don't remember that. Turns out every guy for her was Mr. Wrong. Right. <laughs> so, so it, it's, it, it's, uh, it's funny. And I, I know her a little bit. I've worked with her and, and it's, it's a three word point of view. They call it POV in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Any comedian, they want you to have a point of view. The Foo Fighters have a point of view. Yeah. Van Halen had a point of view. Uh, uh, Queensryche has a point of view. Christian rock point of view. Minus two words, restrained aggression. That's all I ever write from. Restrained aggression. 
uh, because I'm an angry guy. I grew up in a house where you learned to fight or you were the bullseye. Right. So uh, I wouldn't wish my childhood on a cellmate I hated. Right, but, but it made you who you are today, and that guy is somebody it, it, that's it, freaking incredible. Every, everybody you're going to talk to on every podcast episode you do has that same story. Right. But there's three levels of recovery. This is, listen, this is all point of view opinionated. But you asked me to be the guest, so I'm going to talk like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's three levels of, of recovery uh, uh, acceptance. There's one, early in recovery. And I don't know how many years this takes for it to change into uh, level two or level three. But um, level one, I realize I can't change the past. You get that. Right. I realize I can't change it. The second level of recovery, a deeper understanding is, you know what? I... I I'm going to use the past I can't change to outline a better set of boundaries, parameter, or, or path for me. The GPS I'm on now is because I know what not to do. Exactly. That came from reference and experience, which is I realize I can't change. Level two is I'm going to use what I can't change as a guideline to at least I got a not to do list now. Then there's the third level. I wouldn't change a second of my existence, even if I could magically, because it would make me less than, aware less than, uh, uh, grateful less than I am now. I don't want to be less than ever right. again. Right. So that third level of understanding of recovery is, and talk to any old timer you want to, um, a definition of an old timer in my, in my uh, food chain, uh, the pack of gorillas I travel with in, in the 12-step groups, um, the definition of a, of a, a, a old timer for me is anybody with 10 years more than me. So I'll never be one. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm talking like uncle shitty here sometimes <laughs> to new people, but uh, there are certain things we don't dance around as far as the truth goes. Right. And one of them is grateful never relapses. Well, I'm grateful for the trash past I had. I'm grateful for the bags and bottles I don't see ever again. And I spent thousands and millions of minutes on them. So it's not worth it to go back and try to redo the past. It's certainly not uh, worth it to blame the past, but you get to a third stage level of recovery where you go, Hey, you know what? I'm, I, I wouldn't change a second of it. The, the times I was embarrassed, the times I got hurt, the times I bled, the times I crushed somebody's spirit, uh, the times I embarrassed myself on stage early as a comedian, I didn't have to do that again. Um, there's a, there's a, a redo that's not necessary if you understand what you did. Right. And we're not in the blame stage. Um, you know, when you first started doing a couple podcasts, right? Uh, uh, were you great at it right away? No, and I still suck. I still feel feel like I suck from time to time, but it's something that I love, I'm passionate about, and I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that I'm going to have to bomb. I'm going to have to be not great so I can learn how to be great. So it's so, you know, it, it's absolutely. No, I'm not perfect well, at it Well, listen, all. experience, I never learned anything from doing a good show. <laughs> I didn't. I never learned anything in a relationship from having it kick ass and everybody's getting off and, and, right. and we don't fight or argue or, or learn something. I, I, it's, there's no learning there, right? right? right. So tell you a quick story. I, I did a one-man show in New York. Uh, I wrote a play called Addicted, a comedy of substance. Uh, you can find that on YouTube, too. <laughs> That's good. Uh, but I, I, we did nine shows a week, one-man show, nine yeah. shows a week for a year. 
and and I didn't I, I missed uh, I missed one night of shows, two shows on a Friday because of weather. I was on a train, and and uh, no trains were running. The snow was too bad. So wow. uh, the whole time I missed two shows, and it was on the same night. And everybody missed the show. Nobody could get to the theater. So it was I was pretty proud of the work. Yeah. But here's about that sucking thing. My my producer who worked for uh, what's now Clear Channel. Right. I mean, uh, Live Nation, it used to be Clear Channel. They were the producers, uh, along with um, William Morris. Uh, they were the producers of the play. And she was a hard case, thick skinned alligator, reptile exterior <laughs> producer. She took no shit from nobody. Right. And she came backstage after opening night and she was crying. And she said, You broke my heart. And I said, But how? She goes, I wanted to be mad at you because I knew you were going to fuck up at least once during the show and you didn't. Wow. And every night after that, when she would come to the show, she'd bring people in. I mean, we had celebrities that would come out to see this little show, uh, 112 seats off Broadway. Uh, you know, we had uh, names that were New York people, right? You'd see them on TV or they're on Saturday Night Live or something. They'd come see the show because it was there long enough for people to talk about. Uh, and, and not about me, but about the show. It's really good. But she would come in and she'd bring some big, huge star. And they'd come back before the show. They always do that. And every time she'd say the same thing to me, when the person would leave the room, a, 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 you know, a name that I'm going, oh, my God, yeah. they're here? Uh-oh, you know. Um, she, she'd come over and she'd say, hey, come here, come here, come here. She, she'd, whisper, she'd go, don't fucking suck. <laughs> Every time. And, and that was our joke. And it turns out that wasn't her joke with me. That was a, that's a theater joke. Don't suck. Right. You know, without the expletive, right. but don't suck. It's like hardcore humor as in uh, anybody can say, break a leg in comedy. We say, break a lip, uh, or, uh, you know, uh, break a leg. You know where that came from? I don't break a leg is, is, uh, in theater, they have the main, they have the backdrop, and then they have those side curtains that only go halfway onto right. the stage. Right. Those are called legs. Back in the day, if you were a supporting cast member and you got to go past that onto the main stage, you got more money. So they would wish each other break a leg, meaning you get to be oh. on main stage, just one of the supporting casts on the side. You're oh. a tree or something. That's awesome. So, uh, I said all that to say this, your show, uh, somebody out there who's uh, just starting a trade school, uh, somebody out there who's starting their own business, somebody in there who uh, out there listening, who's uh, early in recovery, your first uh, 12 days, your first six months, you, you're gonna, you're gonna fuck up. Yeah. Now, if we don't take that as a shameful me, be it me based, I don't deserve this or I can't have this. I'll give you a little shortcut. When the world says no to you, to me, they don't mean not yet. They mean not now. And that's a subtle difference. Not yet means someday. No, it means not now. And what, what happens now instead is, am I convinced? Am I convicted? Uh, I'm Daniel. And I, I'm, I'm new at this podcast thing, or I'm Mark, and I'm new at this comedy thing, or I'm Mark, I'm new at this falling in love thing. 
uh, or learning how to trust a, a, a sponsor thing or being a neighborly person. I turns out, Daniel, I, I'm going to drop this early. <laughs> the pocket. I don't, I don't really like people. I don't like, <laughs> I don't, it turns yeah. out I'm not, I'm not real social. I'm an introvert. Uh, I'm a, I'm a trauma survivor. So I've got a bubble around me that says, I, I unless I'm in front of a crowd, I don't want to be in it. Now, I, I just, I have to, I, I have to stop you right there because you sound like my parole officer. Right I now. feel the exact same way. I feel the exact same way. I love helping people, but yes. I, I also love being just real quiet, you know? And, and so it, this is like, this is, you know, and, and I'm, you know, if you were to just look at me, you'd be like, Oh, he's an extrovert. No, I am a complete introvert. Complete. I just, I, 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 I know that in order for me to be able to connect to people like I want to, that I have to, I, I have to be, um, loving and caring and, and listen to people. So I am 100% with you on that 100%. And, and it makes and me feel so good that you said that. Well, the introvert part is, is a layer, you know, uh, I, I like the word levels when I write, mm -hmm. like I'll, I'll do levels of language today in your podcast. We talked about it prior to, uh, Nobody knows what we're going to say. You and I don't know. Right. We said we'd do this off the cuff with no prep. But I did ask you on the phone earlier today, hey, what's the language boundary? Um, and, and you said whatever. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll use a level of curse word and I'll use a level of PG or a level of Disney related language or a level of catechism or a level of recovery. The word levels is how I write and live. There are levels of trust, levels of truth, levels of income, levels of responsibility. There are levels of interaction with people. Right. Every day when I leave my home, I'm at risk. That's the creature in me. That's the antenna. If you're a trauma survivor out there listening, I have a question for you that's loving and kind and fair. And it took me years, so I want to save you some time. Trauma kids, what will you do with what was done to you? Because there are gifts in trauma. I'm funny as hell because of trauma. I'm an actor because of trauma. I can pretend to like people because I've, I've done trauma. <laughs> the work we do to survive what was done to us, because let's be honest, any trauma kid out there will have to admit at some point, you traumatized you a lot longer than they did. Chemically, spiritually, physically. If you did to a child, Let's say somebody's new and let's take you and I, Daniel, you know, we don't like people. So forget them. <laughs> How long did you spend punishing yourself chemically trying to be your own pharmacist or therapist or cop? Uh, 20 years. Okay. So if you had done to a child, what you did to Daniel for 20 years, you'd be in a penitentiary. That's reckless endangerment of a minor. That's long-term felony. Yeah, and I'll tell yeah, you what happens yeah. is we forget that we conveniently forget that we abused us, we abused us longer than anyone else in our life. That's there could point. be an original sin. Me, I was five, right? It wasn't my fault, wasn't my part. I had no chance to protect. But after that, when I'm 12, when I'm 15, when I'm 18, when I'm 24, when I'm 29, I have a gun in my mouth. That wasn't him. Right. We, we, we persecuted ourselves a lot longer than the person who taught us that language. So I'm not blaming anybody, but I'm not letting anybody off the hook either. So where, where what's that line? How do you how do you forgive for you? Where, where does that I, forgiveness I, come from, and how's that happen? I, I'll tell you what. I, I wrote a book, okay, 
It's called Shortcuts, Better Ways to Better Days. You can get it on Amazon or uh, Audible or uh, the, the best place to get it is recoverybookstore.com. Okay. It, it'll cost you very little. I don't make any money out. It's not profit. Okay. But uh, it, it's the funniest book you'll read this year. Yeah, okay. my word. Uh, it's called Shortcuts, Better Ways to Better Days. And one of the chapters in there is freedom starts with forgiveness. Because what you don't forgive, you will become. Now, the line you talk about, we're not talking about giving that person a pass. We're not talking about uh, a total clemency or no ownership of what they did. But we can't do that stuff for them. Right. The forgiveness I gave to people, that guy, other people like him, uh, anybody in my path, even on a minimal level of punishment or uh, a poor treatment of Mark Lundholm, any forgiveness I give, it's for me. It's for me. How long are you going to continue to do that guy's job once he wronged you? Yeah, that's long, so good. How long do you want to hold him hostage and you both in your head when you could be creative, thinking of more topics to do a podcast on, right. uh, chasing whatever partnership you like sexually? Um, you've got conquests to make, Danny. You're still a young guy. you got a nice beard. Go get some. <laughs> so we, we get to we get to grow out of the victim stage. Right. Which is so powerful, and man. It's so powerful. It, it, we, we don't know we have permission to do that until somebody like you tells them or, or I tell them, uh, I got sponsees that, that just, you know, how do you do that? I, well, you, you just start doing it. Right. You know, nobody's going to say, well, it starts on October 11th, three months from now, you graduated a stage of forgiveness. Say it now, even if you don't mean it, I forgive you and I don't need a reason. But freedom starts with forgiveness because what I don't forgive, I, I, I became right. a, a, a perpetrator, a, a punisher. Uh, to me, I treated me worse than you ever could, Daniel. Right. If you talked to me, if you talked to me in, a, in, a, in the most foul thing you could say to me right now, I've already done it. I did it worse. I did it at the right time instead of just a casual, easy time for you. I've already crucified me, right? So at some point, I had to tell myself, Mark, get off the cross. You need the wood, man. Let's go. <laughs> so yeah, that's good. it's not easy. But if it was easy, we wouldn't need sport groups or this podcast right, or Recovery right. Lab. We wouldn't need uh, Mark's book. We wouldn't need comedy. It, it's not easy to do. But once you do it, you realize how simple it could have been. Right, right, right. That's so. It's, so, it's such a wonderful perspective of thinking about how many years we've been using and how many years that we have been completely beating up ourselves. There's nobody that's more difficult to, or, or harsh towards us than, than our insides about than yeah. us, you know? And it's just, if, I've if never really thought about it that way. Like 20 years of beating the shit out of myself. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Physically, verbally, uh, 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 emotionally, spiritually, right. uh, the, the stuff we've kept ourselves from the things we've put our face in, uh, uh, chemically that just destroyed self-esteem and any kind of hope or relationship or, or uh, emotional growth. Uh, it, it's cataclysmic how we treat ourselves. And then somebody, <laughs> the, the selectivity is always makes me crack up with recovery people, you know, and I'm one of them. So I'll say this about us, our family. I'm not speaking for anybody, but I know this about our family and you do too, that we're very selective about where we place blame. Right. You know, you, you, you'll, you'll withstand 20 years, Daniel. I'll withstand 20 plus years of personal, horrible abuse, me on me. And then 
you can hurt my feelings with a sentence, you bastard. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get yeah, I get yeah. really offended by a yeah. word when I spent years burying myself in words. Right. It's right. it's like somebody'll say, uh, I've withstood years of physical abuse. I'm a trauma survivor, but I lost my self-esteem when they didn't elect me coffee maker at my home group. <laughs> it, it's hilarious, yeah, but yeah. I'm not laughing at the person or their pain. I'm laughing at the insanity, the cuckoo up here that says, I, I, I still think crazy, but I'm in recovery too. Right, right. And that's step two. That's the insanity part. They they get to sanity pretty quick in the steps. They didn't wait till step 10. Right. Yeah. No, they didn't wait till they didn't wait till six. <laughs> yeah. Let's, uh, let's to, go ahead and get it out of that other yeah. list. They, they at, at two, they went, now that you put the shit down, guess who's loco motherfucker. Right, right, right. Yeah, the, the 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 alcohol and the drugs are just symptoms. I mean, when we take those away, we're still left with all of that stuff inside our head. So that when you take the stuff away, that's when the work actually begins. It's because well, we're it, still there. It, like those people are still there. They're just those people that are messed up and have trauma uh, and and all sorts of you know emotional baggage. Um, except now we don't have those chemicals that were for some time working to numb those all of that crap that was inside us. So now we have to learn how to live a life without all of that stuff. And that is a tall order for a lot of people. It was for me. It was absolutely for me. And it's, it's, it's the, it's the, here's a shortcut. When I say shortcut, I'm talking about uh, time saver, mm -hmm. not, not less work, uh, not half step in the process, not, uh, geez, I'm only giving 20% today because I'm tired. Shortcut means less time. Let me save you some time getting from here to heroic. Mm -hmm. Um, the three B's that we deal with are bag, bottle, and behavior. We're addicted to, distracted by, obsessed with a bag, a bottle, or behavior. And if you don't change the third B, you always go back to the first two. Yeah, that's good. You can change your behavior or you have to change your date one more time. If you change your date, it's because you didn't change your behavior. If you change your behavior, you don't change your date. So the third B is the biggest one. And it's that dry drunk, that plug in the jug mentality that says, well, I quit doing what I was doing. I quit the Coke. I quit, I quit the pills. Yeah, but uh, there's a dishonesty issue. There's a, a relative uh, abuse that you still talk to yourself like you're a negative 15-year-old victim in a house where you have to live. Right. Uh, there, there are certain things we still do behavior-wise. Uh, arrogance, uh, ego. I mean, um, I can't count the times I've lost work uh, because the work was solid, but my ego was too big. Or I got my feelings hurt and I acted out instead of acting grown up. Uh, still, like I'm 63 years old, right? 63, I get to do things that change my behavior or my behavior doesn't change and I'm already in relapse mode. Right. You know, relapse starts with the first thought. First thought, wrong. I make a living on first thought wrong. <laughs> first thought wrong. Uh, if I do one, it proves I'm not addicted. First thought wrong. If she doesn't find out, I wasn't cheating, right? right. First thought wrong. Um, I'm in a. I'm on a. I'm in, in the front of the plane, and booze is free in the front, and uh, it's six in the morning, and I've never had a mimosa. I got sober before Zima. I don't know what a mimosa <laughs> is. No, I don't know K two Molly bath salts bars dabs. I, I remember quaaludes. You know, uh, I, I remember buying weed in a shopping bag this big for six dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But older addicts, we change, man. We go from acid to antacid. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, 
we go we go from cocaine to rogaine right. you know i'm not <laughs> what i used to be right. but i'll tell you i'm grateful that i was that guy yeah because the mentality is what i write from and 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 deep uh, dig deep into when i'm working with new people when i'm working with new people i still i speak one of the languages i speak is newcomer i speak old timer i speak a uh, heterosexual male i speak rainbow fluently i'm fluent in female i speak normie i speak corporate i speak disney i speak 90 languages all of us speak more languages than we say right. than we tell the public because we, we we don't expand our definition of oh language silence is a language that can be a powerful language S- silent scorn how many times have you just shut that person down with no words and a look yeah. That's a language, right? Open-mindedness is a language. Recovery is a language. Um, dharma, uh, uh, smart, refuge, celebrate. Those are all recovery languages, different dialects of, of, of ownership of, hey, uh, I'm the problem. Dope was a symptom. I'm the problem. I don't like myself enough to do self-care. So you pick up the tab for my behavior. Self-care is a language. Forgiveness is a language. Uh, um, comedy is a language, you know? Uh, there, there's there's so many languages we speak that we really don't focus on, but if we learn what languages to minimize and not forget, so we we run into somebody who's a bully. I remember what it's like to speak bully. I remember being bullied. So there's two levels of language there that when I run into a bully in group, he or she doesn't win. Yeah. Ever. Ever. I never lose a fight in group because I don't have one. Uh, shortcut. The argument you win is the one you don't enter. So I never, I never argue in group ever, you know, name calling or somebody stands up and wants to take a swing at me in group, which has happened uh, more than a handful of times uh, because tempers flare and emotions are popping up. Shortcut. If you're new, when you get angry early on, good. Your body's starting to tell you the fucking truth again. Right. Yeah. Because we numb everything. Because they're coming back. Right. You, the numbness is wearing off, you know, right. that local, uh, anesthesia that you use some chemical or that, uh, uh, you know, total anesthesia we were under that numbness, it's wearing off and right. you're going to start feeling really sad, really angry. Uh, and, and if we do that till we're through that, we get some kind of truth level that works. We get some kind of language that's new, like a, a, a guy, uh, this just happened a few weeks ago in an undisclosed location because of HIPAA, uh, th- this particular celebrity, uh, I was working somewhere, uh, I was working in a treatment center okay. and this celebrity says, uh, you've never done anything in your career. And I said, that's one way to say it. That's all I said. You know, tell me what you do. I got two statues. How about you? And I said, statues, statues, <laughs> you know, I got this thing of the Eiffel tower, like the, and the group laughed because they were tired of this prick anyway, yeah. but I didn't have to get personal. I just, I owned it. I own it and owned it pretty soon. He ran out of gas. Right. All I said to him afterwards was what he said. Uh, I, I said, anything else? He goes, no, I'm done. I said, let's hope you're done. Let's hope you're done because this yeah, but stuff, that's a language that doesn't work so well. And let's be honest, the best you could do so far your way was get to this treatment center and have right. a bed to stay in. Exactly. So best you could do. I mean, come on. And, and that's not an argument. That's not minimizing him. That wasn't calling him names. But shit, uh, 25 years ago, uh, 25 years ago, I would have had uh, nine years sober. 
I would have knocked his teeth down his throat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I wasn't capable of that kind of calm. When somebody takes me on, I'm back on the yard in prison. Right. As soon as I hear loud, as soon as somebody gets close, as soon as that finger's in my face, you know, I'm, 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 I'm mm-hmm. making a fist, right? I'd rather throw a fight than a party, but I can't do that because it doesn't work for the behavior change necessary to stay sober. Right. You change your behavior or you change your sobriety date. One of those is going to change today. Anyway, uh, uh, that sounded like too many words there. Let me ask you a question about you. Yeah. How does it feel like, would you rather, would you rather uh, today, right now, would you rather have partners in the studio work with you or would you rather just do this? You and I one-on-one. I don't know. I'm having a blast right now. I got to be, I got to be perfectly honest. Um, I, this was something that I was afraid of because it's uncomfortable. It's new. It's not uncomfortable. It's, it's new. Um, and yeah. my, my go-to response to something that could be new and difficult and I could fail at is to retreat and don't do anything and just go and hide and get fucked up and do some drugs and hide from the world. Um, and that, that, that's my, that's my normal response. So in sobriety now, my, my, I I still feel those feelings, but today I, I don't, I don't react to those feelings. So instead of running home and hiding in the closet and drinking some Zimas and, uh, and, and numbing to, because I'm afraid, I, I just was like, okay, well, if this is the, the circumstances, this is, this is what we're doing. And, um, God, you know, I, I reached out to a couple people to see if they could co-host and nobody was available. And I was like, okay, well maybe this is God wanting me to grow, to do something different, to, to, um, to, to just grow. So it was at that moment that I just kind of let my guard and I was like, okay, well let me call Mark and let me just talk to him about what's going on. Um, and, and just let him know the situation. And, um, it was from, from that moment where I decided, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be afraid of this. I'm just going to, I'm going to go and do the best possible job that I can. And that's something that I was not able to do while I was drinking and using. I just, I would just retreat. So it, it's, I don't know if that answers your question, but you know, I, this was sure scary did. for me. This was scary. I mean, you're, you came to Copac you know, years ago. Uh, I don't know if you remember, did you remember come to Copac? Uh, oh yeah okay yeah they became they became the ranch at mississippi right right my wife actually worked there for 11 years so um, yeah i had they were one of my accounts early on yeah 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 uh and bernard mathern said uh said to say oh, I love hey, <laughs> love that guy. yeah 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 <laughs> um but yeah, yeah so well, you know this is good that dude that dude knows his stuff he's a great director yeah 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 he was uh he was on the podcast uh what was that two three weeks ago or so um just you know a, what? just an yeah, awesome dude I'm glad you brought his name up. I, I probably owe him at least a text hello and stuff. Yeah, good you should. guy. Good guy. One of the best. Yeah, yeah, he's um, a good dude. Uh, raising a family, going back to school for a master's degree so he could have his own gig. Right, right. Pretty, yeah, he's, pretty he's, sharp. He's killing Listen, it. Listen, that, that, you know, when, when you're nervous about something, when we're awkward, uncomfortable, nervous, uh, that means it matters. Right. That means it matters. Um, comfortable kills recovery people. Comfortable kills us. We coast. Coasting isn't coping. And uh, life's an incline anyway. If you're not climbing up, even gradually to a next level, you're not growing. And coasting on an incline means I go back to the bottom. And after years of being up the grade a little bit, that's a tough place to land bottom again. Uh, So the longer you've been around, the harder you hit when you hit bottom, if you do. Otherwise, you, you, you cope, not coast. And the... The getting along thing, and it's easy 
when was the last time you, you something happened to you uh, that that was perfect and you learned something? I mean, it just yeah, we happen. can appreciate it for what it's for, but comfortable kills addicts. Right. Kills it. Uncomfortable is where the 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 body, the mind pays attention to. Okay, is there a threat here? Am I the threat here? I mean, let's go back to caveman days, right? If that's not too sexist. Um, <laughs> you, you go back to the, the, the early days of when we were a clan, right? It, 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 it matriarchal. Um, and, and she was the leader of the clan. And she decided when to hunt, when to celebrate, when to mate, when to move, when to stop, raise a family, uh, you know, all that stuff. Well, uncomfortable was when somebody threatened that, that safety sanctuary thriving. Right. Now, there's a reason they got nervous or uncomfortable. They heard a sound. They saw a thing. Uh, they had a feeling. When we do something that's new, if we're not nervous or a little bit uh, anxious about it, your body's not telling you the truth. Um, somebody asked me, uh, are you nervous? You know, I was going on to this. I was going to do this thing. And it was fairly big. And they said, are you nervous? I said, I'm anxious. I want to go to work, but I'm paying attention. My antenna are straight up. I'm ready to, oh, so you are nervous. I said, yeah, you want to call it that? Yeah. I'm not scared to do this, which they didn't ask for. But nervous doesn't mean scared. Nervous means aware. Right. Now, what we panic and paralyze ourselves with is I let nervous and aware and cautious and visible and vigilant become panic. And that's just from experience. The next time you host one of these on your own, you're going to cruise. You're doing it now. You know what I mean? Um, they, they, uh, did you have a throw up bucket just in case? <laughs> no, no. no, I felt fairly comfortable that, that this would, uh, I, I don't know. I went, once I made that decision that all right, we're going to do this and I, I said a little prayer and asked God to direct my thinking and my, my words. Uh, it, it just kind of, uh, the, the, the fear kind of melted away. Let me ask you another question. Yeah. Um, so, so, uh, uh, 12 step people, mm-hmm. and I'm one of those, I'm not here to pimp for any program, right? Yeah, I don't recruit, yeah. but, uh, I'm an AANA guy, right? On yeah. a podcast, I could say that because this is a recovery podcast. It's no guessing here, but, um, I'm, I'm bisexual, right? I go to both. <laughs> so I wrote that joke in 1986. You can have that. Uh, but, but, uh, when you speak, Okay, let's say you go to uh, uh, some place where you're asked to speak. Mm-hmm. You ever you ever finish speaking, and you can't remember almost anything you said? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That means it wasn't your words. You were a conduit. You were a channel. Right. That means you told the truth. If you can remember everything you said verbatim, it was canned. It's a pitch. It's that. Uh, uh, ABC stone tablet version right, that right. Moses brought down off the mountain that we have to live by. I know people that have the same share every time they open their mouth because they want to impress right. what I, what I, I will always like you did today. You said, I said a prayer, turn it over. We're going to do this. Somebody will say to you, I guarantee it's happened to you already. You've been around a little while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So somebody has said to you, Hey, you know, uh, four years ago, you were at such and such, and I heard you say, and they quote you, and you go, I said that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't you talking, but it wasn't supposed to be you talking. Right. A lot of times I'll say something in group, or I'll write something down that's divinely inspired, because 
I'm an open channel and I'm comfortable not having to know every damn thing. Right, right. You know, I got a big ego, but I don't know anybody <laughs> that can command a room full of 20,000 people in an arena that doesn't have a big ego. Pitbull's right. got a big ego. Sure. Uh, Lady Gaga's got a big ego. Sure. But if it's right sized, you're the right person during that pitch, during that right time. Um, your sponsor has a big ego. Got to. <laughs> To deal with a knucklehead like you and me, <laughs> our sponsors have to have a big enough ego to say, I like myself not enough to put up. Uh, yeah, I like myself enough to put up with this kid, but no more. <laughs> we get we get uh, egos a fantastic thing. Uh, pride <laughs> is a fantastic thing. But an overdose of either of those things and we're a wreck. Right, right. You right. know, I, I have a personal opinion shortcut that uh, there are no defects and there are no shortcomings. There's no step seven and a half. Right. So uh, they're never removed. What we do is shift our gift, you know, shift our gift. Um, our, 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 I, I give you a, a comedy version here. You ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so Daniel, um, do you uh, do you procrastinate? I do, I do. Okay, you know that's that's an overdose of patience, Daniel. That's all. It is. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, are I, you I, let me are, send are that to my wife real quick. Huh? Are you, are you judgmental? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's an overdose of awareness of someone else's uh, failings. Daniel, <laughs> did you say you're married? Are you married? I am. I am. OK, so so who's the boss at home, Daniel? Uh, My pride wants to say me, but the reality is. Well, I knew the answer as soon as you said. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, uh, is the male transmission of the brain trying to locate neutral during a question? Yeah, you, that's one of the things. You, did you ever did you ever go to jail, Daniel? I did. I did. Okay, so here's what times. you don't do in court. Here's what you don't do in court. Uh, how do you plead, Daniel? Uh, you never uh, in court. Man. You, you ain't going home that night. Right, right. So, so it, it's funny how we laugh at this stuff we used to be just just crushed by. Sure. You know, going to jail. It's uh, awful. Uh, you know, uh, having an intimate relationship with somebody who. Um, a joke right out of the show. This is a, a, a little gratuitous, but um, you ever had such low self-esteem? I mean, low that you're making love to her and you think I can't trust her. Look at that choice she made. <laughs> you know, it's 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 an overdose of gifts or an underdeveloped gift that is the the shortcoming behavior. But God wouldn't make us uh, flawed. He made us perfectly broken. We got to figure out the way the machine works to get it to be a gift. Right. Um, I'm very reactionary. I'd be a great EMT. I'd be a fantastic soldier. I don't wait. Right. I, I, now, the overdose of that is I butt in where I don't belong. Right. Or I rush to judgment. I, you know, um, that's great during a fire, but not everything's a, a fire, Mark. You know, uh, I'm, a, I'm a helicopter hover and cover fob. Right. My ex-wife and I, the, the plaintiff, um, <laughs> most expensive joke of the show right there. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, she's she's one of my best friends on the planet. She's got 27 years sober. Sweet. And, and we raise a 16-year-old kid because there's no ex-children in a divorce. Right. So right, right. we're very good friends. But That's awesome. if we live together even for a weekend, because sometimes we'll travel together, sure. the, the three of us, you know, mm -hmm. and, and uh, even after two days, we'll look at each other across the breakfast table and go, I'm so fucking glad. You know what I mean? <laughs> Honest to God, it's it's not about her. It's not about me. It's about a we. You know, we were not we were not a good long term sure. yeah. 
uh, marriage of two people who were committed to each other as much as they were to themselves. Right. And I'm, 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 I'm going to be, uh, I'm speak for me in that my career was the most important thing to me during that marriage. And that wasn't fair to her. Right. Now we had a child and he still has the burden of having a dad who's obsessed with work. Right. You know, and, and, uh, I, I relapse emotionally around him quite a bit when I'm too tired when I'm in halt, I haven't eaten right. And I'll, I'll say, Grayson, 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 a little too loud. And he'll go, dad, do you need to eat? Do you need a meeting? Are you okay? <laughs> oh, you want to call your sponsor? And he, he was doing that when he was five, when he was five. And my first thought wrong was, why did I ever have a kid? Yeah, 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 yeah. Why did I have sex with your mother? Why couldn't she have said no that week? Why couldn't she make me sleep on the couch that Saturday? No, he was conceived in the shower, right? So, uh, that's back when I used to bathe every day. <laughs> too much? Too much? All right. So, so if they haven't turned the podcast off already, um, there's hope in all that stuff where we really embarrassed ourselves, where yeah. we really failed miserably, way short of expectations of other people. And their expectations were realistic because we put them there. Right. Uh, I put expectations in your mind if i tell you i'm going to do a certain thing now that's called trust or the 15th time i do it and you're still buying it that's trauma so there's a lot of levels of, of stuff that recovery will provide just by making it uh, making a poor decision once right you know over and over expecting different results that's the definition of insanity no 49ers fan but, uh, <laughs> Hey, oh, see what I did there? Hey, oh, wait, wait, wait. I, I've got this. I've got this. There we go. There we go. Had a little rim shot there. Oh, did you? Yeah, Here, yeah, Here's yeah. my Raider wall. <laughs> oh, here's nice. My, you see that? Nice. I was born and raised. I'm an Oakland Raider fan. Once they moved to L.A., I quit watching them. Yeah. Uh, I just couldn't take it. But um, I got I got 12 Hall of Famers there. It's a Hall of Fame Raider wall. It's, one awesome. of my, it, it's right inside the front door. As soon as I walk in and look at that, I'm a six-year-old kid going to see the Raiders play on a grass field in a high school yeah. when they were doing summer camp. That's awesome. You'll never see that again as long as you live. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, that's because I'm older, you know? <laughs> so I got stuff in my home that reminds me of really good times because I got stuff in my head that reminds me of, unannounced, really bad times. Sure, sure. But again, all but of that balance. stuff you can now use for good. Well, and that's that's the third level of recovery. That's I wouldn't change a second of it if, if I could, right. because it would make me less than whole now mm-hmm. or less than here now or less than helpful or healthy now. Uh, I'm, I'm not a healthy guy because I, I still have first thought wrong, second thought wrong, third thought wrong, fourth thought. You ever have first thought wrong, Daniel? Absolutely. OK, uh, if I can get it for a good price, I should do it again. <laughs> first thought wrong uh yeah. y- y- why did you cheat well because sh- that other one said yes right, right right uh first thought wrong you ever run a yellow light and the guy in front of you doesn't daniel yeah. <laughs> what's your first thought you should have gone on is it kind no, fair? yeah no uh, uh, we're all we're all child of the same same universe yeah. uh, he's very cautious thank you for the reminder yellow means caution thank you sir <laughs> no i want his family dead in a fucking house fire <laughs> Because I don't like people. Did I mention that? (laughs) 
I got neighbors. I got neighbors. That's my windows open in the back, the balcony. I got neighbors that think I got bodies in the crawl space. Man. I swear to God, because they'll they they'll hear me do stuff like this or rehearse, and, and it's just foul. First thought wrong comes out. Here's the antidote for the first thought wrong. If you're new or old or in between, and I use this one consistently. That first thought, wrong direction, wrong GPS, wrong reaction, wrong words, inappropriate, inconsiderate, uh, inhuman, ungrateful, for some wrong direction. First thought, wrong. Uh, I don't want to go to work today. I'll call in sick and lie. First thought, wrong. I'll tell my kids something that's not true because I don't want them to think I'm weak. Um, first thought, wrong. I'll exaggerate my stats so they think I'm a better player. That kind of thing. That happens, that happens in the entertainment business all the time. Uh, I remember early on, somebody said, you've done any TV? I go, oh, yeah. They said, what'd you do? And I, I just make something up. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm brand new. I've been doing comedy eight months, and right. I don't want them to think I suck. Right, right, right. Well, uh, I, it, that, that didn't last very long, that phase of my lying about where I've been, because it was too hard to sleep that night. Right. You know? And I know if I'm dishonest, I'm, I'm already in relapse and I haven't drank yet. So uh, I forgot what I was going to tell you now. Um Oh, first thought wrong. The antidote for first thought wrong, right. at least a short term, is do the opposite. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, listen, quite often, that's uh, the first, best thing for me to do. It, it, Even it, today. It, it, it's, short, it's a shortcut, but shortcuts get a bad reputation. Shortcuts can mean I saved myself 15 minutes of vacillating, wondering back and forth whether to pop that guy in the jaw or leave it alone. What I did was I didn't make a fist. My first thought was make a fist. Uh, he and listen, we're in Safeway, which is now unsafe way. You know what I mean? And he just made a comment about something, and I don't like him immediately. Don't know him, don't like him. But guess what? He's got a ponytail in a fight. That's a fucking handle, Daniel. <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna hook him. And I'm no tough guy. I've lost thousands of fights. I've been in thousands of fights, and I've lost most of them. But the second thought can be the opposite of the first, which is don't hit anybody. Right. That's a safe place to take a breath. Airbags full. You got airbags in your car, right? I do. Your wife have her own car? She does. Okay. So she's got airbags, you got airbags. That's right. So in a separate life, separate travel, separate lanes, you guys can protect yourselves because of those airbags. You can do that with your lungs too. Those are airbags. Mm -hmm. They inflate to protect us before we hit something. That's the difference between lungs and airbags in a car. Or car airbags, they got to be triggered. You got to hit something first. Right. There's got to be a threat first. Present, bang. Uh-oh, now we're protected because there's a collision. The lungs will prevent that initial collision. Right. They expand. I slow down. I think a third or fourth or 15th thought. And all of a sudden, instead of my kid saying, Grayson, I told you not to do that. I say, hey, can I ask you a question? What were you thinking? It's a really good way to be a dad. That is really good. Or a partner. And I got two ex-wives that will tell you, this is all late stage development for our <laughs> Yeah. I don't even, I don't even date now, Daniel. I'm just, I got two full-time jobs. I, I, I don't date. Uh, I, I, I have a kid to raise. When I'm home, Grayson lives with me. Mm-hmm. When I'm on the road, he lives with Julie. Uh, and so he's got two homes, two of most stuff. And, he bounces back and forth. But when I'm home, I'm a full-time dad. And that's a lot of work, I found out yeah. when I started doing that. I got three kids from three different moms. I used to do a lot of poking locals, you know, <laughs> when I was touring. 
but I have a, I have a, uh, uh, if that sounded harsh or, or uncaring to somebody, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll apologize right now. It's a frivolous, silly thing to say about an arrogant lifestyle I used to have. Right. And I'm aware of that. Right. Yep. Uh, I've been to SA for a long time. Uh, Sex Anonymous. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I don't go inside. I help people relapse in the parking lot. But that's just when you start to like me. Right. Okay. So uh, if, uh, if that wasn't too coarse, there's certain things we get to do that work. And that way, over and over, expecting different results is a good thing. You do enough of these. You do 60, 70, 90 shows. It's going to be like falling off a truck and your passion will grow. I can tell you're not the one who's going to burn out. You know, you're going to have a, a, a different set of uh, equipment. You're going to have a different studio. You're going to, you're going to build something, do something. You're going to have a, a, a podcast that goes outside of recovery. You're going to, honest to God, you have that kind of, that's the read I get. Thanks, a lot of us burn ourselves out because we feel like we have to. You won't. And I won't because we feel like we get to. Right. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, this being able to talk with folks like yourself, and we're, we've got about five minutes left, so I'm going to try to wind us on down. But the, the, it's not like my, my wedding night. <laughs> I, mine was three, but we'll just, we'll, that's a whole other show. Hey, yo! <laughs> um, but um, I forget what I was even saying. Um, no, that's, the, that's the, the, the joy and the beauty about this podcast is, um, you know, I, I don't I don't need to do this in order to survive. I, I I don't need this in order to put food on the on the table. This is yeah. this is absolutely a joy to be able to do. And and if we can help, we we talk about this on every episode. If we can help one person to not do one of the things that we did while we were drinking and using, then all of this is a complete success. So and, and that's the shortcuts. That's the shortcuts. I'm I'm a wordsmith. Um, I, I, since I was a little boy, I knew how to put words together that created fiction that was more attractive or safe than reality. Right. Now, I could be a, I, I could be a huge liar. I, I'm, I'm very good with words, but that's the misuse of a gift. If I shift my gift from misuse to useful, now I get to thrive, right? right? Uh, I could sell guns to nuns. I'm that slick, but... <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. Right. I want to do this for a living. I want to create craft language or pictures or images or stories or, or jokes that have an impact that go right through somebody's neck or right through the center of their chest or, uh, you know, include them in our lives with a story that is maybe fictional. You know, if you want to write a, a three-page treatment and send it to uh, Paramount Pictures, you might get a development deal. You, you spend three days lying, you get no deal. Right, right. It's the same gift, right? So the wordsmith thing levels. The wordsmith thing shortcuts. The wordsmith thing first thought wrong. Those are all things I use every day. It's not just to sell something. You know, the book's called Shortcuts. I don't care if they buy it. Uh, I've got tons of stuff on YouTube. There's more stuff on there I'm too humble to tell you about. But it's stuff <laughs> I wrote. <laughs> did I just did I just lie? <laughs> I, I, it's stuff I wrote, but I told you about it. You see that? I'm too humble to tell you about. It. But here, let me tell you about. It. But there's 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 uh, there's original content that each addict brings to the recovery world because they have a different dialect, slightly different dialect of the 
same experience we all have. That's why they tell you to be to do experience, strength, and hope. You know, tell what it was like, uh, uh, what happened, what's like now. Okay, yeah. there, there's that basic framework. But basically, we all did the same thing. You know, we used when it was working. We used when it didn't work. We used after it really harmed us, and we kept using. Right. And pretty soon, we're empty, and the bottle's empty, the bag's empty, the behavior's empty, and we're empty. Right. So that's the commonality. But how we tell it, the longer around, the more original the story becomes. Because not everybody gets past a year. Right. Most people do not. The numbers are frightening. Right. Most people don't get one year. Most people don't get here at all. But it's like uh, the languages we speak. If you go to the South, you, you ever travel to the Southern states? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, so they say y'all. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Y'all. Yeah, if yeah. you're in Pittsburgh, they say yins. It means the same thing. They don't say y'all. They say yins. Yins can mean one or more than one, which is really confusing. <laughs> you all is a contraction. I mean, y'all is a contraction for you all. It right. could be just you. And right. and and I remember traveling to Alabama for the first time. I was in Birmingham working at a club. And this lady, I was at a, a Waffle House after the show by myself. She goes, y'all want a table? I said, well, it's it's only me. <laughs> and she goes, that's what I said. I said, well, oh, y'all, y'all means me? She goes, y'all means you, sugar. I said, <laughs> Okay, let's all of us get a table. And she laughed like, this guy, holy Christ, you better tip, right? But the, the dialects of language of recovery, the dialects of forgiveness, the dialects of self-ownership, of self-care, the dialects can be different in different parts of the country, the world, but we're all speaking the same language. I'm the most important person in my life, just like Daniel is. Now there's two people who aren't second place to anybody. Right. That's not selfish. It's self-care. That's not self-centered. It's centered self. There's a way to do this and hand it to the newcomer. So it's a brand new thing for them to swallow instead of, no, no, no. I'll spend five years trying to figure it out by myself. Right. You know, that's what this podcast I hope does. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man. Uh, tell everybody how they can get in touch with you if they want to talk or how they can, uh, where's your website? Very kind of and I mentioned I don't like people. Thank you. Um, no, in all honesty, listen, I, I, I say that kind of tongue in cheek. Uh, there's there's a couple of ways, honest to God. Uh, my my direct email is addictedplay at gmail.com. Okay. I don't give that out on every podcast, but my gut said it would be okay. Thanks, addictedplay at gmail.com. That's private. Nobody reads that one but me. I got three other ones that uh, people. Uh, I got people. And then there's uh, there's uh, wholehearted.org, wholehearted.org, wholehearted.org. That is a, a nonprofit website for mental health professionals. Okay. We've got the best content, Gabber Mate, Claudia Black, Brene Brown, Mark Lundholm, oh. uh, TJ, TJ Woodward. We're all on there. And it's the best mental health website for mental health professionals, the content. Uh, they can get CEs. They can use it to entertain their patients. There's family stuff on there, wholehearted.org. And then uh, the last one is uh, recoverybookstore.com. Okay. Recoverybookstore.com. That's where you find the book and uh, miles and miles of other stuff. So thanks for being uh, uh, very, very generous with your time today, Daniel. You thank you. Thank you. I cannot thank you so much uh, enough. And um, you're an incredible dude. Keep it up. Thank you so much. All right, ladies Privileged and gentlemen, brother. have a great night, everyone. 